what's good pay it forward so i'm a believer in that it takes more guts to model the truth than it does to tell the truth and um y'all know about my journey you know um uh since the last time you saw some you saw me on here man um i had an aunt pass away and um i've been working through again another layer of grief and i ain't really been um i've been trying to figure things out and the main thing i feel like i've been having to learn is that where i am and who i am is very important and um you know i always promised y'all that i would have guests on my show that i always felt like i could not either learn from but that i could have real conversations with and um this person that i have on my show i've i've uh watched and have learned from for a while you know he he does a lot of personal practices in his life he believes in authenticity and he lives his life by intention and that's something that i i love and respect a lot and then also it's just very important to me uh being a man of color because i personally you don't see a lot of people digging deep and doing this kind of work as um i've needed and so uh I reached out to him at one point and he sent me some information and I figured, man, you know what? I'll just take my shot and say, Hey, maybe this man wants to be on my show. And you know, he agreed. So I've been looking forward to it. I've been a little bit nervous and anxious, but I've also been, uh, happy to have this conversation, man. I really hope pay it forward that this blesses you. So I want to invite, um, and officially welcome, uh, David Chambers of the authentic man podcast. Um, David, man, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you for pulling up today. No, Brandon, thank you for having me. Man, I've got several questions, man, but we're going to follow, you know, as I say, follow the line of curiosity. Um, I haven't felt super curious lately because I've been working through a whole lot of grief, but I really am interested in um, uh, you and just interested in these things as a person, man. And um, the one thing that I, I notice about you, man, is, um, you know, you you dealing with being authentic. And, you know, that's kind of a thing that I think we, we kind of all figure out when we start doing this this work. We're like, oh, crap, I'm getting confronted with myself. What am I supposed to do with all this information? I really got to know, man, how'd you start on your journey for real? Like, how'd you, how did you even get to this point? Because it had to be something to get you there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it started for me um, in that I... I guess I was in the world of, I was about 23, 24 years old and I was unhappy with my dating life, right? I wasn't happy with how my dating life was going and, you know, going back those years, I'm 39 now. So going back that far is like 15 years or so. So we're going back in the days where, you know, Neil Strauss put out the game. Everybody was reading that. Everyone was trying to use the stuff to, to pick up women. And I read the book and, um, Funny enough, a friend of mine who I'm still a dear friend with, we used to run my podcast together. He um, saw the book when we went to a comedy night. He was like, David, you, you shouldn't read that. He's like, you don't need that. Don't read that. And I almost like made me read it, want to read it more. And fast forward six months, I'd read the book. I went to a weekend seminar. I got talking to the lead trainer at the seminar. And he was like, I said, oh, I'll come to the seminar. It was like a, a boot camp, you know, weekend boot camp as they were back in those days. And the weekend was, am was amazing. And at times there wasn't enough trainers to work. So I was on my own sometimes like in the bar and club, there were trainers around, but they didn't necessarily assign one to me personally, especially I remember the second and third night. And 
at the end of the, the weekend training, uh, I spoke to the lead trainer and he was like, oh, have you have a good time? I was like, yeah. And he was like, you, f you feel like you're a natural at this. And I was like, oh, I feel like, you know, I just needed a bit of a, a bit of confidence boost and some time to, to, to just be out in the world. And I said, oh, I feel like I could help you with what you're doing. He's like, yeah, man, I think you'd be really good at this. So over the course of the next like year and a half, I was working with this guy and a couple other people for a company in, in London and, you know, taking guys out into bars and clubs and helping them talk to and connect with women. And in those times, it was the first time I've ever come to in, into a group of men who were committed to being better men and to, mm. you know, sharpening each other and giving each other feedback. And, mm. you know, the, the idea we often have about the pickup scene, especially at that point, is that it was very seedy. The men were all about sex and they were manipulating women into bed. But that wasn't necessarily my experience of the men I was around and I was connecting with. We were a lot more about like, how can we have fun, have a good time? And if we're having a good time together, people are going to want to join our fun, right? right? And if you know how to have a conversation, right, and talk and joke and be lighthearted and fun, then things unfold quite naturally, right, from there. Maybe there's some pointers that, you know, people had to do if they were scared about touch or being close or they didn't know how to dance. But all these things we worked with. And a friend of mine, uh, AJ, he, we started to talk about like authenticity, this idea of being who you are. And between, you know, especially him and between the two of us, we started to be like, I, my whole thing was like, have fun, enjoy yourself in the way that's unique to you. And his thing was like, okay, being authentic. And we started to kind of, kind of nurture this idea. And then there was a, there's a time I decided to step away from the whole pickup thing. It was moving in a direction that I wasn't necessarily enjoying. There was a lot of men that were getting into it who didn't love women. My whole thing all my right. life has been, I have a deep love for women. So I stepped I away that. and I just went on my own personal growth. I did a lot of time with a company called Landmark Education, doing a bunch of workshops with them. Um, I went to everything from like seminars about the energy and water to you know, stuff about, um, you know, how Reiki, uh, Kundalini activation. I was doing all these different yeah. types of little bits of work. And then I went uh, traveling with my then girlfriend. Uh, this would have been in 2015. And we, our relationship was reasonably good when we left. And it slowly got worse and worse and worse. Wow. And really the crux of it was that I struggled to really express how I was feeling and feel that I could express how I was feeling for fear that she would be upset and then I'd have to deal with her emotions. And this caused the breakdown of our relationship until one day really? I was sitting, yeah, I was in a room in Bolivia um, and we broke up and I was lying in the bed crying and just, I said to myself that day, I was like, I'm never gonna let this happen again. I'm gonna do something about this. So I um, went to a plant medicine uh, retreat about two months after that which was really beautiful for me. It really opened my eyes to a lot of different things, a lot of the kind of energies of life and some of the more yeah. intangible experiences. And then I spent the next kind of eight months after that, continuing traveling up through South America into Central America, just connecting with people. So I was just, just connecting with people in this very honest, very straight, very fun and playful as well way where I wasn't messing around with these kind of small talk. I just get into people like, you know, I just talk about what feeling was there, what I saw in someone. Um, and then I came back to London and I saw that a lot of my friends were miserable. A lot of my friends wow. were suffering from depression. Three of my good friends had gone through divorces in the time I'd been away. And I just saw that people were unhappy. And not long after that, my friend, AJ, who came to me said, we should start a podcast. So 
start the podcast. I continue to do more self-development work um, with a man called William Whitecloud, who is, a, is an absolute master in the world of wow. intuition. Um, then I started to couple it together with, with some work inside of Tantra, learning more about communication, learning more about emotional expression, breath work, and all these things. And it kind of culminated in me um, moving from just being a podcaster into a coach. And, you know, and then I get into a relationship. I mean, now that was about four years ago, for my partner also. And we had to really step into a relational dynamic and doing the work in the relationship because you can do all this healing on your own, right? But when you step yeah. into a relational situation, a relationship, there's there's a lot of that healing work. A lot of healing work you can only do inside of a relationship, right? And growth work you can only do inside a relationship. So that kind of took me on a whole new level of growth in, in the relational space, in the deep intimacy space, intimacy space. Um, and having to kind of do that while in relationship and connect with my partner and dealing with our own triggers. You know, she's an anxious, um, anxious uh, attachment style. I'm avoidant. Uh, and us making that work in a way through I lots see. of conscious communication, I lots see. of feeling into each other, understanding, and also, you know, allowing each other to express each other what, what, what we had as needs, like my for space, hers for closeness. So like, how do you be in a relationship right. where I have a need for space and she has a need for closeness? There has wow. to be a level of communication and compromise. And that's what we really put together um, in our relationship to really make it work wow. and flourish. Wow, that is powerful, man. And you know what? It's interesting. You know, I always notice that a lot of uh, relational work um, usually happens around some type of grief and or heartbreak that, you know, you said that you had that moment and I understand where that was, you know, I, um, that's been something that I felt over time and like, especially around, uh, communicating and communicating honestly, like literally this last, I don't know, month has been for me about how can I show up as my truest self mm. and man, that work like, like, like even even in listening to that i'm like man i'm like shoot there's there's, there's not even the questions you, that that i'm asking you it's just there's questions that you know i also want to know too like it's like a bunch of them popped up like like what was it uh for you to be what what did it mean for you um did you ever have a moment which i'm sure that you probably have a lot of them now where I call it speaking from your gut. And it's something that I, I, I say that when I truly believe somebody is speaking and they are truly saying what is 100% true to them. Um, was that something that occurred while you were traveling? Uh, was that something? I, I know that that's something that happens when you get to certain spaces and you've had to lean into that. Like, what did, what did, what does that look like uh, for you? Because I know that that's a thing. Like, what is, does that, does it, that a thing that happens for you? Mm, yeah, and I think <clears throat> it's worth really notice uh, me explaining that when I was when I was traveling before that I was really it was really difficult for me to express my emotions, my needs. I didn't really thought I had needs, my thoughts because I was so afraid of upsetting. So I think what I really learned after that that breakdown in the relationship and also um, in subsequent relationships I had in between the one I'm in now is like how to communicate your needs, how to communicate your feelings in a way that allows you to stay true to yourself, but also that your partner can hold what you're expressing, right? Yeah. Because 
this is a this is a the difficult thing and you know me and my partner have really learned this you know in the early days of our relationship i would sometimes shut down and not want to talk yeah. and her anxiety would cause her to want to force me to speak so and what would happen was is that she would get really anxious she would express that anxiety in some way, not necessarily words. Sometimes it would just be energetically and then want me to talk. And she would really lean on me, be like, I can hear it. I want to know what's going on because of her fear of the relationship breaking down. And then when I did speak, my thoughts and feelings came out in a way that wasn't completely processed, wasn't even maybe truly what my gut wanted to say. And it would land on her very heavy and very difficult for her to, to metabolize and take in. So, one of the dynamics that we've created is like you, we don't force each other to speak when the other when oh, you're not ready to talk right we don't weaponize um space but if we need space we we take it so when you've got to speak from your gut so the experience i had is like you've got to kind of almost allow the thoughts the dysfunctional thoughts that are attached to our dysfunctional stories and our our fears about who we are to kind of settle down and to speak from somewhere deeper inside of you, you know, that might yeah, right. sometimes take like some, some breathing, some journaling, you know, to actually come to that place. Because a lot of the time when we're talking to people, we're just reacting to them yeah. and what they've said and what we've made that thing mean. So yeah. it's like learning to come from a place that's deeper than our dysfunctional thoughts deeper than our trauma and our fears and our worries and our anxieties, right? Because when we're coming from that place, all we're doing is recreating the past. We're just recreating yeah. the, the, what's created those fears. So it's like speaking from the gut for me, and I kind of have a, a few different ways. It's like, I kind of see that there's, you know, maybe you speak from the heart, you know, the heart's often about love, compassion and connection. You speak from the gut and that feels like a, almost like a second brain. But I'd also say there's a level of intuition that we can kind of speak from or, or our soul truth that isn't necessarily even confined by this worldly experience as being a human being yeah. and isn't really filled with fear. You know, often people go, oh, my gut was telling me that I should be afraid. And I can say, yeah, that can be true. But for, for a lot of people, our gut has been... Um, what we call our gut feeling is really just responses to our fears, anxieties, and worries, and isn't really the truth of, of, of what's, what we really want or what we really need. So it takes some refining, it takes some time to, to really continue to speak your truth and to see where what, what might be true for you today might be different for you tomorrow. Very true. You know what? That's really cool. And I, um, I, I think when I feel when we talk about I talk about speaking from from the gut I genuinely mean that it's it's someplace deeper than than whatever traumas and things that I thought about I generally think of it as something that is like the the truest statement of who of who I am in that moment and that that place that allows for evolution it's not a hard place but it's like a a a a, a firm but honest and true place it's not something that has no compassion you know and and it's interesting talking about this because i've done all, i've done my share of, of work and i'm i've learned that i um have more of a disorganized attachment style and um that just as i'm learning a lot of people do um i have been doing a lot of work around that and so it, it, it the experience a lot of times 
has felt very chaotic for me, you know, in the sense where it's not just one and it's not just the other, trying to find areas in which I can sit with both sides of my experience, where there's the one that wants deep communication and connection right now and the other one that wants nothing to do with it, and they're both sort of like, we're both going different directions and to try to settle that it feels terrifying on 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 the inside and i mean i just 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 look at what you're talking about in 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 what it means to be grounded um say the truth and say and 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 i would like to know more uh too just like what practices you know if you're you're comfortable with sharing just some things like what what practices like in relational experience have you had to like like learn because the anxious avoidant attachment thing i noticed that anxious and avoidant people tend to find each other quite often mm-hmm. <laughs> so um what what um things have have helped like i noticed you talked about not weaponizing um space or silence or not weaponizing the words and things like are there you know things that you've used that have made you know that have genuinely made you guys have like a healthier understanding like i'm just i'm just curious man Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the really simple practices that I've cultivated over the time of my relationship is, is, is holding space. But to describe this is like my partner, she can have lots of feelings and emotions that happen, right, for her. Obviously, we all have feelings and emotions, but she likes to verbalize them more than maybe I do, right? So... They might be about the relationship. They may be about um, how she's feeling that day. They might be about her parents, right? Now, my go-to when I start hearing a problem, right, which usually emotions expression is around the problem, is to like, okay, what's the solution for this? Like, this, it's almost like I don't want to hear this no more, right? I'm sure right. a lot of your I listeners you. know that feeling, right? It's like someone's you. telling yep. you about a problem that they have with their sister, <laughs> And you're listening and you're like, okay, you start to solutionize and think, okay, well, what your sister needs to do is like be nicer to her husband and be nicer to her kids and then everything will be done. And, and that's yep. how our mind thinks because our partner starts talking and we're thinking, okay, let's get this done. And then I can go back to whatever I was doing before, right? So what I had to learn, because there were moments where it wasn't about her sister, it was about our relationship, about me and how I was being, it was causing her the emotions is learning to really sit there and listen from a place of groundedness with, with deep breaths and just listening to her, listening to her, the words she's saying and listening to the feeling that she's communicating underneath the, the, the words underneath the flow of words is another conversation of emotion that's happening that a lot of Mm. us completely miss when we're talking to people. Right. That's true. So she will be expressing and there are times where she would be expressing something that was there for her and she'd be in tears and she'd be crying and it might go on for five, 10, 15 minutes. And I would sit there or I would stand there and I'd look her dead in the eye with a soft face, with a, with a deeply um, breathed belly. And I would um, just keep looking at her. She would cry, she'd express, and I would just keep feeling her, feeling the moment, listening to the words. Right? It's a lot of things, I guess there's a lot of things to pay attention to. And there usually would come a moment when it was a big emotion, especially if there's crying, there's tears, that she would empty everything. She would say everything she wanted to say. She would finish. And there would be a, a moment where it would almost be like the body relaxed a little bit. 
and I'd easily maybe give it 10, 15 seconds after that moment, and then I'd move towards her, I'd hold her, and I would speak, I would speak from the depth of the love and the care that I had from her, right, that I have for her, sorry. Because obviously in that moment, I can have my own internal reactions to what she's saying, right? But if I stay really focused on her and what she's expressing in that moment, the feeling underneath, and and I'm looking for empathy and compassion, then being with her is much easier than if I'm trying to work out what she's saying and I'm trying to defend or counterattack or anything like that, right? So that practice was something I just kind of developed over, especially the course of the first six months of our relationship. And I don't have to use it in such a, um, I'm going to say military way now. I don't have right. to bring out the, the heavy guns, you know, like right. the, deep, <laughs> the, the 20 minutes of sitting there, deep breathing when she's crying and I'm just holding it and I'm not getting into my dysfunctional story about myself or, right. oh, this, rela- like this, this is too much for me. I need to reject. I need to leave the relationship. Like that's my kind of thoughts mm-hmm. that come up for me is like sitting there with it. Now it's more of a case of, it could be a Friday evening and she finishes work and she comes in the front room in the, in the living room. And she's like, I'm like, Hey, how's, how's your day? And she might start speaking and it will just be like, Oh, I might stop the program I'm watching and just face her and listen, listen, Ah. listen and get to the end. And she might be like kind of done. And I might ask her some questions. I might get curious, like, Oh, what is that about? Why do you think that happened? Like, how do you feel about that? And it gets, usually gets to the end of our conversation. And I might say, and I may not say this, this is a real optional piece. I might just say, like, do you want to hear my thoughts on this? Or would you like a solution for that? Like, you know, and so forth. And she may turn and go, yeah, I'd love your thoughts on it, actually. Or she may go, no, no, I'm okay. I just, you know, I just wanted to talk. And I go, cool, great. It's like a relational practice of listening and not having to always give advice, give our thoughts, give our opinions. Mm. And that was a, an incredible practice for us to to really understand each other. Um, I, you know, I've probably got like five, ten practices that have been really good for us. Um, one one that she's had to adopt is is around self soothing, because her anxiousness has her um, often. If there's if I'm like silent or I'm in a mood or I'm not talking, her anxiousness has her believe that like there's something wrong in the relationship. So. If there's something in a relationship, the relationship's going to fall apart and everything's going to, going to go badly and we're going to break up. And that could literally go through her mind if I've been really busy for two days, right? Mm. So she's had to learn to self-soothe. She's had to learn to trust the love in the relationship, to trust the words that I'm saying, to trust that I care about her, and to not go in these spirals of anxiety. So her practice is like coming back to the love and the care and how I've been showing up and how we've both been showing up for each other in the relationship. And that's a, that's a really important piece there because it means that instead of always looking for me for reassurance, right, coming to me and be like, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Which basically is what reassurance is often. She can be like, does he love me? Yes. Does he love me? Yes. She doesn't uh... need to come to me for that, which means that when I'm busy or I've had space, when I come back to her, I feel like I've had time with, with if I've not been working, um, I feel like I've had time with no burden. I've had time with no demand. And that recharges me to come back with more love into the relationship. Wow. That is very potent. Like just being able to listen to you and then also um, understand your spirit in approaching this. I also feel that too. Like I have, I've also had a deep love for women and it comes from uh, a place of, 
I think that it was just something that's always been in me, but it also comes from the fact that my dad, uh, I struggled a lot with him. He was, he could be very misogynistic and he was, you know, and I, I used to always hate that he would say things so much about my mom in, in ways. And, you know, I'm a kid and I'm having my relationship violated with him because he's constantly telling me, yeah, your mother's like this and she does that. And I'm like, man, I, I don't this. Even if these things were true, this is not the way that I want to see my mother. This is the way that you currently feel about her in this moment. And I I ended up developing sort of like part on, on almost like a, well, you're doing this, so I'm going to do the opposite. But mm -hmm. then also a level of I really do just simply appreciate um, the, the, the women in, in my life and just women in general. Mm -hmm. And I can respect a lot of where you're coming from because it's, it's, there's such a need that we have for just connection like we're, we're like you're talking about i've noticed you know i've read some of your posts and stuff and i could see where you talk about like i've just been looking to be connected like i've just been wanting to be accepted like for who i am for for where i am and you know i i know too that you've had some experiences um you know you've like you talked about you've had some experiences some some camps and some things like that that you that you've sort of done where they really opened you up. And I, I noticed something too, like, cause I've, I've seen some of those and I was like, wow, like, so you, you have been around um, men and people that have done work and have exposed you. Um, has there been anything uh, unique that you've had, like, you know, anything that you care to share that's been, been like a truly like an eye opening experience for you when you were at any of these camps or any of these places? Like, has there any, been anything like that recently? Mm, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny you asked this, this weekend gone, I was on a, um, a workshop, a course with, with John Wineland. He, uh, well, I know he does a lot of work with, um, uh, I can't remember his name. I just got his surname in my head, Mr. Reeves, uh, Brian Reeves. Um, and they're in a men's group together and he was running something about the art of sacred intimacy. And I was there in mm -hmm. London and, you know, the thing is, is that we are all yearning for connection with each other, but not just that we're yearning to experience the range of each other. We want to, yes. we want to feel, and this is where the authenticity piece comes in as well, right? Cause part yes. of that, part of our authenticity is that we have a range of ways to express ourselves and our ways yes. of like range of being as well. Right. And what I really saw was how, for myself, like I'd always have this thing with, with anger, right? You know, yeah. I grew up in, in, in the UK, you know, you grew up as a young black man. It's like, don't be angry because a black anger, an angry black man is a dangerous man. And I'm it's not a dangerous, dangerous man. man. <laughs> right. Yeah? I heard that. <laughs> yeah. I'm a kind, gentle guy. So, but in some of these exercises, we were bringing a level of like wildness to yeah. a feminine partner. Right. Yeah. And there were, I could see that I was holding back. At one point, I actually stood up on the mic and explained this. I was holding back some of these parts of myself because I didn't trust the the woman in front of me to A, be able to hold all of that that could come for me. And B, I didn't trust that she would express mm. a no when there was a no. So I was kind mm. of caretaking her by holding mm. back to make sure that I didn't cross a boundary mm. that she never told me about, right? And in this, <laughs> and inside this workshop, there's a lot of conversations around boundaries and being able to express our boundaries and so forth. 
so I had a really beautiful, profound experience in one of the, the practices at the, towards the end where the woman I was with was just like, give me more, give me more wow. of, of, of your heart. Give me more of your, 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 not necessarily rage, but of your um, wildness. And it was such a beautifully calming experience to be able to just like go fully into that wow. and to be met with, with, with deep love, deep appreciation, deep care. Wow. And like, it's, it was a super interesting experience because, you know, if someone talks about bringing wildness and love, you might think it's like, it's going to be like super erotic and stuff like that. And what it turned right. into was like, almost like a, a playful dance yeah. between two people. And, but afterwards, you know, we finished the, the exercise and there was just this sense in my, my system of like, ah, oh, man, I feel like I've yes. stepped into parts of myself that I haven't really kind of stepped into and I was met with, with love. I was met with appreciation yes. and that in and of itself is a healing experience. Wow. If there was nothing else that I could genuinely gain from that, because that's something that I've been learning just in my own psyche about, um, you know, the, the, the masculine and feminine dynamic, like in, in myself, it's like we as men have a deep need. Like, I mean, not even just as men, but just like you said, as people, we have a deep need. You just expressed it very well. The range. Like, I know that for myself. Like, I want to be excited. I want people and the people in my life to be able to experience my range and, and love and accept that. And I want to experience theirs, too. Mm. And 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 that. Because I, I I also know where you're coming from. I mean, apparently, you know, black man in the UK, black man, you know, in America, it ain't it ain't too much different. You know, they're like, you know, always keep a level head. You know, mm -hmm. don't be overly expressive in different things because mm -hmm. if you are, then you will be seen as a threat. And I see mm -hmm. that that's just something that's just across the, the even if it's across the pond, it's still the same thing. And you feel me like that that way of, you know, my dad was a very um, he was a very vocal person and you know I, I always i've always had a very intense and wild and, and and loud personality when it would when i felt expression but i would always deal with the fact because my voice projects and oftentimes mm. i'd be told you know you're being too loud you know you always i always feel like you're yelling at me you know and so mm. give me more it's something that i would have 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 deeply longed for mm. not just from a a, a woman partner but for the people in my life, I didn't even know how much someone saying that to me would have met in that moment. Been like, give me more. And I couldn't imagine what that would mean for you. And I love the thing about assuming boundaries because that that's the thing that we're taught. If we're going to be mature and gentle, there's such a dynamic around there's there's a prince charming dynamic that's still out here in this world. And people don't even realize it's just it's just a Disney thing that that and, and that the women are not happy because they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to break. And then the men are not happy because the men are like, yeah, but I'm afraid I'll break you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, to be hurt, give me more. If there were three words that probably inspired me right then that, that, that there were women in this world and, you know, just people in this world that are like, yeah, that expression that I see, because that's how I feel when I see someone's genuine expression. I'm like, yeah, more like i want to see all of that because i feel better mm. that was if there was one thing i would have wanted to hear from that that was um that was really powerful for me like this it's it's very interesting like you're you know you're 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 
your work. And I'm just I'm just curious. I know it's been, you know, a short term and I know that like being validated like that was probably a, a really big deal. Like has that does that you can you see that helping you like in the future, not even just with your coaching, but like, you know, in your relationship? Like, like being able to see yourself in that way that like your expression, who you are is like, is it's not even enough that it's good. Like, do you see that as something that a legit like, I mean, I imagine it would, but you see it as something that like legit helps you like is like or would help you with, with coaching people or being around people like that? Yeah, because, you know, ultimately, a lot of what our problems are in our life and even mine is like, is expressing the thing that we want to say, we want to express, but feeling like the person we're in front of can't take it. Yeah. So well, you said that. And inside of relationship, right? And this is where like some, you can bring practices into your relationship, right? The, the practice we did on the weekend, I can bring that to my partner. And, and the key here is when we're talking about these practices is, is, is a container and there's boundaries in place, right? So this yeah. is why in the real world, if I walk out in the street and I start screaming and yelling, people <laughs> right. get scared because yeah. there's no container, there's no boundaries, and their there mind just go. goes to the worst thing, right? But there if we, we do this inside of, say, our relationship, we might give, I might say to my partner, hey, for 30 seconds, I want you to just summon any anger, any rage, that you have towards me and just let it out, scream, shout, beat on my chest, whatever it is for 30 seconds. I've created a container, right? 30 seconds. I might say boundaries. I don't want you to punch me in the face or, or like hit me in the balls or anything like that. Right, and we've got 30 right. seconds, right? We create a container for the expression. So we're both safe. We know what's happening. We know yeah. the, the boundaries of it. And she may be able to let that all out and I can take it. I can feel that in and I can go, I know it's 30 seconds. I've got a capacity to hold that. And then we, we can practice this, right? But we wow. have to create a safe container because if I just, if she just randomly came in and started screaming and shouting at me, I would suddenly be like, where is this going? That's where our minds go, right? But when wow. there's no boundary or container, we don't know where it's going. So when we are bringing this, say, desire for a more expanded expression, we just have to be mindful of like, what's the boundaries and container? So like if I'm coaching someone, in the past, I definitely have experienced, I'm sure every coach has experienced this where you, yeah. there's a thing you want to say and you don't say it, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're worried you're going to upset them, you're going to hurt them. But it's yeah. like to go back to remembering the kind of boundaries and container of being a coach is that like, I'm here to serve you in your highest good. And if I stand mm. inside of that container, I'm not going to say anything deliberately to hurt you. I'm here mm. to serve you in your highest good and to help you move forward of your life, then whatever I'm saying is inside of that container. And that wow. frees me in those moments to speak the truth, wow. the honest truth, and maybe the hard truth. Yeah, I see. You know, that's really cool because in the, I, I, I've never thought of boundaries and containers in that way. That's been an interesting set of work that I've been doing lately is just around the nature of boundaries. You know, this is a very popular thing that's brought up in emotional healing, self-healing. Everyone's talking about boundaries. You know, you got to have healthy boundaries. And the interesting thing is I, 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 I heard that even uh, Brian uh, had mentioned it at one point was like, um, we don't want to have leaky containers, you know, and, and now hearing the word container, you brought something up that was really, uh, really cool because you said, you know, when when someone if someone just goes out in the world and just screams, well, the natural mind, the animal brain 
goes is going to guaranteed go to the worst possible scenario that can be. And that's what generally we feel whenever there's anger expressed or something. I know that that's something that my mind generally would go to, even dealing with the disorganized attachment. I would notice, uh, I've noticed that my mind would generally would go to like, okay, this person likely means something about me directly or indirectly. And if they're not telling me directly, then they're telling me indirectly that they've got an issue with me. And it becomes very easy to internalize it. The way I would react would not always be the same. It could be a deactivating strategy like, okay, cool. I'm going to be off of you for a minute or an activating strategy. Like, no, I need to know what's happening. Why, why are you being like this? And the person could literally just be like, man, I'm just, I was just hungry today. And you know, X, Y, and Z. And I've had, but you know, coming from the world and that's frustrating to express where I have had to maneuver in a very chaotic emotional environment where it literally could be because of a reason that someone is not saying. And so the hypervigilance, doesn't allow there's there's no safe container there you know and and i'm now realizing just thinking about that what i've wanted in those spaces are containers where there's a clear expectation and an understanding of what is being stepped into like you say as a coach i'm stepping into the sacred space to serve your highest good well if you if you outline that for someone then that person understands what they're coming into when they're expecting something and they're they're expecting to hear from you a certain thing and that's very interesting i never thought about i've never thought about emotional containers in that way like 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 what that looks like like if someone's angry at me i know i can be angry at this person this person can be angry at me for 15 seconds and i know that i have the capacity to hold space for that specific situation for 15 seconds and to be able to create or 30 seconds or whatever. And then then if you do have more capacity, you can be like, nah, show me more of that. Or you can be like, okay, like, but there's safety in containment and in, in, in that level of containment. That mm -hmm. is, that's really profound. Like, see, I, this, this is why I wanted this conversation. I want conversations that help me. Like, I'm like, hey, brother, you, you just like, you helping me right now, man, because these are the things that I don't know how to put into words, but and I'm certain that anybody that's 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 listening right now that's looking for emotional work um, is going to be is going to benefit from this. So uh, what I wanted, what I also wanted to, to just ask you is. Um, Could I just add um, one more thing yeah. to that? Oh, yeah, please right? do. By all means. So, By all means. so a way in which we can a lot of us understand this is like we have friends who like to vent right with us. They come to us and they call us up and they start venting. Right. And. You know that feeling when that friend calls you and they start venting and you start thinking to yourself, oh, damn, how long is this going to happen for? Yeah. <laughs> and it gets to the point sometimes with that friend where you don't want to pick up the phone. You don't want to go and see them anymore, right? Because there's no containment to their venting. <laughs> but if they called you up and said to you, like if they, if there was, there's no boundaries and containment, right? So if they said wow. to you, hey, they called you up and said, hey, I've had a hard day and I just need to like vent to you for four or five minutes and I don't need any advice. I just need to listen and reflect a few things back to me and then we can talk about the game or what we're going to do tomorrow. You, your whole nervous system relaxes because you're like, I know how long, I know what I can expect, I can hold that or you can say, no, actually, I don't have the emotional capacity for that. And it's the same, it's, the, it's a similar idea in, I'm talking about there because in the venting piece, we know better, you know, because me and my partner, we use that. Sometimes she'll come in through the, that door um, behind me 
and she'll be like, I need to, uh, can I tell you something? And I'll say, how long do you need? And she'll go, uh, probably only two minutes. And I was like, is it a real two minutes? Or is it like a two minutes that becomes like 10 minutes? (laughs) (laughs) And she might say, is a two minutes becomes five minutes. And I might say, what's the emotional weight of what you're saying? Right. And she might Mm. go, oh no, like it's not super heavy. It's not about us. And I'd be like, cool. I got you. Yeah, I got it. I got space for that. And you see, I've asked those questions to get an understanding of what's there. And, but she doesn't take any of those questions personally because she knows I'm just trying to figure out what I can hold so that I can support her in that, in that moment. So it's like, we can create these little kind of containers and boundaries constantly when we are communicating in our relationship so that we can actually support each other in a way that is actually loving and caring. And so we both get what we need. Wow. That is really good for me. See, I'm neurodivergent, so I'm picking up all this stuff right here. Everything is, is like, did it, did it, did it. Like, these are things that I personally need because to, to, to be able to express a need in the sense of containers. Like, I've heard this word before, boundaries and containers, and I saw what you were doing there in that communication. It wasn't so much about the science of the action, but the, the care being expressed in a way you're like, I need to be true to you and our relationship, but I also need to be true to myself. Okay. Here are the things she's like, I'm, I'm this. Okay. Yes. Um, how, what weight is there to this situation? Is this a, this, is this about us or is this anything? She's like, Nope, this is just about that. And you're like, all right, I absolutely feel that the nervous system relaxes and it does. And I, that genuinely think so. If the friends in my life and if, if, and, and if and if I even did that, I think that my my nervous system and those around me would relax if I knew for sure. I was like, all right, I genuinely want to talk about this for five minutes. I'm even fine with just knowing that this is five minutes and then we can move past it or no, this is something that I've really been struggling with for a minute. Um, this is a discussion. Do we have time? Can we set time aside for that? I love the idea of containers and. Um, before I move on, and I'm glad you actually cued me on this. I was excited, so you know I'm getting into talking to the discussion. I'm glad you cued me on this, man. Um, is there anything else that's along this line that you want to add? Because I want I want my listeners and and viewers to be able to hear. If you have any other parts of that, that you want to add before I move on, mm. I think from a you know there's a lot of practice I do personally, you know, for more groundedness, more presence. You know, mainly around like meditative practices, breathwork practices, some some sort of some postures and poses I might stand in that are difficult to stand in. <laughs> you know, I used to do a lot of like, I, I studied tantra for a number of years, and some of that is actually you know is is priming the body to be in difficult postures, postures or uncomfortable postures, so that your body and your mind are able to stay with difficulty, but also staying present. Interesting. So that might be, um, you know, if you've heard of uh, the ego eradicator, for instance, right, which is the the kind of hands in the air, you know, and that's really priming our bodies, right, and our minds, because ultimately it's our mind. It's not our body that starts to get into pain. Our mind starts to interpret we're in too much pain. We need to put our arms down. Um, And it's, it's teaching them the mind that no, we, we have a bigger capacity for uncomfortability, right? Interesting. So in the moments that we are in uncomfortable situations, emotional situations often, right? We're able to still stay present with what's happening and allow the pain to be there while we still stay focused and present. You know, mm-hmm. it's a bit like when you go to the gym and if you've been bench pressing for a number of years, 
when you first start bench pressing, as soon as you start getting close to failure, right, you instantly put the, 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 um, the bar back, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. you don't really know that you could probably do another three or four more, mm -hmm. right? And, but once you've been benching for a number of years, you start to realize that actually, when I start to feel failure, I've actually got more in the tank and it becomes more of a mental exercise than a physical one, right? Interesting. And it's yeah. a very similar, um, similar piece. And it's, it's why stuff like, say, Wim Hof breath, for instance, mm -hmm. um, or Tormo breath, which is its traditional name, is so useful because we have to train our mind to hold our breath and to be in a state when our mind is telling us, like, you need to breathe or you're going to die. That's the message we're getting. But actually, we can, our, our bodies can survive for minutes more. Yeah. Right? It's just the yeah. mind doesn't believe it. So it's using some of these practices to push ourselves, push our mind, so that we can be in the important moments of our life. Maybe it's a difficult conversation with a partner. Maybe it's a, a, a meeting at work where we, we are anxious and worried, right? But we can be with those emotions while still staying present to what's happening. Mm. You know, this is an incredible skill because a lot of us, a lot of people, they start to feel a difficult emotion and they A, they try and get rid of it. They try and distract themselves. They get distracted. They get overwhelmed by the, the feelings and emotions, right? But the, one of the vital skills for us all, and I especially work with men around this, right? I think women have more of a, a capacity for difficulty, in my opinion, most of the time, mm -hmm. is yeah. to be able to stay present through difficulty, right? To stay open, open-hearted, open-minded, like through any level of discomfort. And when we learn to do that, it's a, it's a really powerful practice for us. Um, you know, next week, um, I'm going to a meditation retreat. Uh, it's known as Vipassana. I've done it before. And you spend 10 days basically in silence meditating. And it's an incredible way to learn to be with discomfort, but also to stay present. Um, you know, when I did it last time, I did it a few years ago. I'd never been a, I've never been so determined and focused and disciplined as I had when I left there, but also able to be so present to my own physical sensations and what was happening around me, but my focus could also be completely laser focused. So it's like we can train ourselves to be more focused, to be more disciplined, to be more present, to deal with um, larger emotional situations. Like it's a training that we can do and it can be so important for us to, to do that for our relationships, um, for our, our, our lives, for our businesses, for our careers. That is very powerful. I'm I'm glad that you know I was I, I thought to ask you because that's um I I like I I have more of a regard for this form of discipline because there's so much in again in the world that is a discipline that is missing the element of presence and is usually the form of yes you know we we conquer things and that and then that's the the masculine element but the feminine element is the the presence the I'm I'm still present here and I am focused and I also am able to be present in difficult emotions. I actually uh not too long ago did try um the Wim Hof uh, uh breath technique. I just randomly just looked it up. I forget what it was and I I I what reason I did, but I did and I was very much surprised. You know, I always thought that you know my 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 ability to hold my breath was only 20 30 seconds, but it actually was not. And I was like, wow, I was like, I didn't even not know this was a thing. And I can see I've always personally in my life felt um, 
dealt with anxiousness and in, in intimidation when it came to um, mental disciplines in certain ways because of the stigma. You know, the way that my dad would always teach me was he would just throw me into situations. And then when I would succeed, he'd be like, see, I know you could do it. And I'd be like, yes, but this really traumatized me. He'd be like, yeah, but you did it. And it would always be a sort of element of like, yeah, but as long as you succeeded, that's all that matters. And I never had space to really express what it meant to experience both, but to be able to come out of something like your situation, be present, but also be more focused and more disciplined. Um, that's, that's really powerful. I see you've done a lot of work around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a little meditation, a little breath work. <laughs> yeah, I could, I, I could see. Like, and, and it's interesting even what you brought up about uh, uh, Tantra because I've, I've heard, you know, it's like you, you, know, you hear through the grapevine and usually the things you hear are usually not the fullness of what, some, what, what something says, you know. I've always known that Tantra was about more of the nature of connection and, and intimacy, but that's very interesting that there's elements in Tantra that are about discomfort. And about, you know, being able to hold a higher capacity for discomfort, but also stay present. That's something that I didn't consider would be an element of Tantra. Mm, so the, the, the type of Tantra that I learned was very, you know, based in, in what you probably called yogic Tantra. And there was a lot about that was just yoga positions and postures and about the masculine, the feminine and the, the, the importance of the, the masculine learning to strength. You know, some of its strength, mental, emotional, physical strength, um, through postures and and breath practices and kriyas and and all sorts of uh, weird and wonderful things, and not even getting into say the the sexual elements of, of tantra, which are also there, which are very prominent in society because that's the thing that right. um, Western society was interested in when it came to tantra was the sexual element because those were the bits that were taboo. But there's also a lot of beautiful stuff around meditations and breath work and yoga postures and like connecting to um attributes and elements uh, of of the natural world or um what they have is like various gods and goddesses that could be you know cosmic powers and so forth and, and being in communion with those like connecting to their essence and mm-hmm. connecting to the essence that also lives inside of you so if you're looking at you know, maybe a um, an image of Kali, which is is a god of um, a goddess of destruction and rebirth and transformation. You know, through being in communion with that and connecting to that, you can start to see your you can feel your own capacity for transformation, for instance, right, mm. and for growth and for destruction and, and so forth. So, some of it is you know, there's a lot of elements of tantra that are, are so beautiful and of you know, not talked about so much at all Interesting. that are incredibly based around transformation and growth. Interesting. And, you know, I, it's, it's, it's like being able to see uh, the picture of it's not really like like all the things that people, you know, think about. There's usually an element that are that that is being overlooked. And I, I never follow the line of curiosity about that. But the things in which I've seen would indicate that that there that the the point of tantra is not just the things that are taboo but things about life and connection and that mm-hmm. connection seems to be what is is highlighted in the overall essence and that those other things are just included in that is that what I'm is that what I'm understanding from what you said 
Yeah, and it's to say also that connection is kind of multi multi layered, right? There's the connection right. we have with ourselves, which is right. incredibly important. There's the connection I have with other, you know, like mm. yourself. We're in connection here. Then there's a connection I have with the 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 earth, the plants, the flowers, the yeah. walls around me. The connection I have to the greater universe as well. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's it's cultivating um, connection at all levels. Or yeah. bringing focus to the connectivity in all levels, and then there's you know energetic connectivity which we can't see because we can't see the energy that flows from say you know across the road from where I live. There's um, like a b banana plantation basically. There's lots <laughs> okay. of fields of bananas, and it's like those bananas there that those plants, those beautiful green plants, they are impacting me in some way. I might not be able to consciously know what that is. But if I was to go and sit by them, maybe closer, or even I just sat here and looked out the window for long enough, I may be able to feel the subtle shift and change in my own body, right? Like we already know now that um, spending time in nature and forests is good for our nervous systems, right? Right. But but we've known this for for like thousands of years, right? <laughs> right. Right. And how did someone realize this? Someone sat in the forest and they observed how it shifted, how they felt. <laughs> right. 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 But it's because everything is uh, things are affecting us constantly. Or if I sit in front of something beautiful, I always remember this was a, a wonderful practice that my Tantra teachers gave me. It was like sit with a beautiful plant and just connect to the beauty of the plant mm. for 10 minutes to sit with it and connect to the beauty of it, connect to the deeper essence of beauty. You can connect to the fact that this plant is made up of atoms that have been on this earth for God knows how long, that this plant started off as a small seed and has grown into something beautiful. The textures, the colors, like all of this, if you sat with a plant and just looked at it and just felt all those things, you're gonna feel a sense of joy, wonderment, beauty in your body. And the question mm -hmm. comes is like, well, what made that happen? Was it the plant? that made it happen? Or was it the relationship you had with the plant in that moment? Interesting. Oh, that's very, that's very good. It's, it's about questioning the nature of, it's like almost like questioning the nature of our own awareness, you know, mm. like, like questioning what layer that we're actually aware of is, is that's wow. Is, 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 is that what I'm, I'm grasping from this? Um, or is that what, is that the nature of what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, but it's just like you, you can question it, but you also can just be with what is occurring. But you can also accept well, what's right? occurring. Uh, yeah, but you can also accept what's occurring too and be with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like there's a you can just be with the, the amazing beauty that's there and allow it to affect you. But in our modern world, how often do we stop and how often do we really stop and look at something beautiful and really take it in? with a whole mind and feeling how it's impacting us. We don't really. Yeah. You know, we don't even do it with our partners, right? That's true. That's very true. You know, one of the, one of the kind of most basic tantric exercises is, is eye gazing with a partner is sitting in front of somebody and just looking at them, looking deep into their eyes and taking them in beyond just what we can see of the face and the body and so forth and taking in the deeper elements of who they are. You know, this person who has a history, this person who has parents who's, who've loved and lost, who have had joys and sadnesses, whose soul maybe is also eternal, depending on your thoughts and beliefs. And when we look at someone from that point of view, we start to just take in a deeper essence of, of the person in front of us. 
and feel a deeper level of connection because you know if they have a soul then i have a soul there's a sameness there right and you know when it comes to relating one of the biggest problems i see with with couples and and, and people in general is that we negate the sameness in each other we look yeah, for the othering we look for the difference and that allows us to create conflict very easily but wow. if we were spent more time in connection and sameness that our level of conflict of each other decreases wow that is very true that is another very profound level of, of the very profound understanding sameness like mm -hmm. the craving is for sameness the protection level that oftentimes we use is for difference like we use differences and those things create conflict but we're looking and craving sameness to be able to look at each other and say wow that is very profound thank you um david man i wanted i want to ask one more thing before um you know we 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 wrap this up i want to ask if there's any piece um because i know that there are other people out there especially on my podcast that are uh, not just people of color but just people in general that are listening you know i have a lot of young listeners i have a lot of um i, I have probably listeners i'm not even aware of but i just wanted to ask if there's anything that you feel if there are men or women or any human beings out there that you would want to tell something to that would speak life into them um if you had anything that you'd want to tell them uh what would you say to them mm. you know like i think i've talked about a lot of ideas that can feel quite um esoteric and quite like intangible right there's also the very tangible of of like we are desiring connection we talked about that right but actually how we can do that with the, the the people we meet in our lives is just to listen to them just to listen to them to put our attention on being curious about who is this person in front of me right instead of listening to our stories of assumptions and who they are how they are what they're like you know for, for the as an example right um, men often we have this assumption that we meet a woman and she's beautiful and we start having these assumptions about who she is what she's like as a person right actually consciously start to pay attention to those stories and allow them to fall away and come back to something different and be curious about the person in front of you because most of the assumptions we make about people are wrong most of the assumptions we make about people create a, a level of othering and they create disconnection and when we drop those assumptions, right, and we start to get curious about the people in front of us, right, that's when our level and our ability to connect with people moves into a whole new level. And we can take this one step further of actually starting to question the thoughts and assumptions you have about yourself, right, of what you're, you're capable of doing and what you're not capable of doing, and then start to get curious about those, those things, like start to question them, start to, you know, maybe... You're listening to this and you're like, ah, oh, I am not good at conversation or um, people don't find me attractive or I'm not very expressive. So start to get curious, like, is that actually true? Can I think of times when I've been, I've been expressive and I've been um, uh, confident or I've been able to exp uh, express freely? And you're going to find some times and go, okay, what would it feel like to maybe act out being a certain way that you don't believe you can be right you can do that in your bedroom you know one of the one of the most common practices i give to men that i work with right is to dance is is not even to um 
dance to the beat, but to dance intuitively, just to move their, listen to the music and stand and allow their body to move in a way that feels good. It doesn't have to be in time. It doesn't have to be fast or slow. It just allow your body to dictate, to move. And the freedom that that creates for people is, is remarkable because we're going against ourselves. We're going against a story of what we believed was possible and not possible for us. And, and you know, these, these little practices can be really transformational. Thank you, David. And um, I, I actually, uh, I actually remember I saw that I saw a post where you talked about that. And I remember I said, you know what, that's actually really good. I didn't think about dancing just for the sake of doing that. And um, I felt the difference inside of me. I did something like that. And it's a reminder to go do some of that. And I'll probably do some of that after I get off this after I get off this podcast for real. Like, that's man i thank you man you're you're a light to this world man your um your work is very appreciated and i'm very grateful for what you're doing and i know my audience is and um for for all that you do and and your relationship and the work that you're continuing to contribute to this world man thank you for just paying it forward thank you for being a real and authentic person man and i I, you know i hope to be able to hear and, and connect and see more of you in the future man i appreciate you for who you are definitely man thank you thank you for having me on and thank you for you know this this beautiful conversation absolutely man it has been my pleasure so what i'll say to everybody man um if you guys are interested um david uh do you think you could uh tell people uh your um your either your podcast link or your information if they want to follow you because i'm sure you you know you may hear from some people so if you want to tell them any of that you are more than welcome to i would say it myself but i do think there's some some specific things that i'd probably forget and i don't want people to not follow you so i want to make sure you get it right yeah, so if you want to listen to more of me speaking, then I have a podcast called um, The Authentic Man with David Chambers. There's probably over 200 episodes there of, of me talking. Some are, some are super short, like five, ten minutes long, um, and some are very long that get into like two hours, so you can just pick your way through those. Um, everything from you know dating, relationship stuff, intimacy, masculinity, um, to finance and fitness, everything in between. Um, and also I'm on podcasts. I've got a podcast with my partner called Turned On, Tuned In, uh, a relationship podcast. That's with me and my partner also. And we basically take you for a journey of like meeting somebody, deeply connecting, deep intimacy, conscious relating and so forth through the journey of a, a nine episode podcast. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram, which is usually the best place that people find me, which is at the authentic man underscore. Awesome. David, thank you so much again. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. Thank you so much for communicating and connecting with the collective, man. I appreciate your work, man. And, uh, yeah, again, hope to see hear from you soon, all right? Thanks a lot. Thank you, brother. All right. And we're 